Hello everyone and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands, I'm the editor at B2B Marketing and I'm joined today by Matt Harper who's CEO at The Marketing Practice. So Matt, thanks very much for joining me today. Before you get into it, can you please just introduce who you are to our audience and tell us a little bit about The Marketing Practice. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me again, David. Appreciate it. Uh, so as you say, I'm Matt Harper, Chief Exec of, of The Marketing Practice or, or TMP as we're, we're better known. Uh, I've been with the business for about 10 years and uh, my background is is one of uh, marketing strategy. So I've always been very client facing, uh, took over as CEO last year. Uh, we've been a sort of founder led business for the first 20 years. Um, and then I took over as CEO last year. Um, a bit about TMP, we're one of the largest um, independent agencies and have been for, for a long time, uh, purely focused on B2B tech. Um based in you know different parts of the world. Uh, HQ is here in the UK, we're in the US, in Germany, Australia as well. Um, and our sort of proposition or offering is all about growth and helping our clients to find the right avenues to grow through marketing. Uh, so we do everything from strategy to creative to digital, all the way through to inside sales and sales engagement. Um, I suppose the the bit that's changed in the, in the last sort of six, 12 months, last time we spoke was... Um, uh, we took on some investment back in March this year, which has been sort of changing the story for us over the last uh, last few months. Sure, and uh, touching upon that um, that investment, obviously it's it's hard. Um, it's not hard to see what you've been doing with all this extra cash. You know, the acquisition of Omabono first, and now Kingpin. Um, so, starting with Omabono, why did you want to acquire this agency specifically? What what does Omabono bring to the table, so to speak? Yeah, it's probably worth just um, sharing a bit about what what we look at. Um, so, you know, what do we look at when we look at potential mergers and acquisitions? Um, and there's really three things for us. One is the strategy. So does the acquisition, is the business going to add to our strategy? Is it going to bring more value for our clients, for their clients, and also for our people? And typically capability is one of the most important factors in that. So with Omobono, for example, um, their digital experiences capability and and the evolution they've they've put into that in recent years was really interesting to us because um, it's an area that we want to do more of with go into more with our clients uh, we get asked about it an awful lot it'll help us push the innovation side of the business um, so certainly a sort of strategy fit there from a capability standpoint the second thing we look at is the fit so culture leadership do we think we can work with these people and that really is pretty fundamental because um, I think the, you know the secret to a successful M and A is in culture, in people, in how you how you you manage to align the businesses. And again, with Omobono, you're an amazing leadership team, a brilliant culture that they've built over the last kind of twenty years. Um, brilliant, you know, brilliant from a social perspective. Um, so from the very first moment we met them, there was a real connection there and a feeling that almost like kind of long lost siblings was the kind of feeling we had when we when we met them for the first time, the, the level of synergy there in terms of culture. And the third factor is is kind of the hygiene factors, really. It's, it's is it a good business? Is it well run? Is it profitable? Um, and that bit really is the, is sort of the, the tick in the box. Um, and that's where you, you end up spending quite a lot of time through the M&A process is making sure that you are ticking those boxes. Um, and again, with Omobono, it's a very well run business. Um, you know, brilliant client base, 
uh, fantastic people base, uh, very strong commercially. Um, so, you know, those three things really stacked up really well for us um, and, and, and pushed us quite far down the route of the strategy that we set out with when we got the investment from Horizon Capital back in March. Okay, fantastic. And on to Kingpin, why did you decide to acquire them? How do they fit those those three things you were just mentioning? And, and what did Kingpin bring to the table specifically? Yeah, I mean, exactly the same process, really. And and it's amazing, really, the serendipity of it, that we were two, three months into this investment journey and thinking, you know, we'll have nine, 12 months to figure out the plan and kind of get used to the new world. And then before you know it, you've made two acquisitions and it it very much is about the serendipity of the opportunities come along at the right time. And and what what is amazing is the level of complementary capability that Kingpin brings in relation to not just TMP, but also Ovono. So um, Kingpin, Kingpin, they're you know, pure B2B specialists, also in the tech market. Their offering is very much centered around media and digital. And um, media in particular has never been a part of TMP or Omobono's capability mix. We've always worked with clients, uh, media agencies, or outsourced that. And Kingpin also have elements of data capability, telemarketing capability. Um, So they bring a really interesting blend of things that are new to the group, which help us to bring quite quickly new offerings to clients and um, more ways of achieving growth for our clients. But also there's quite a lot of similarities there in terms of, you know, they do have that inside sales function that TMP has and the data function. So there's enough in common to understand one another, but enough different to be highly, to be highly complementary. And I think, you know, the bit I'd add to that is the, sorry, sorry David, I think the bit I'd add to that is the people side. So, um, you know, taking a step back from it, thinking about Ben at Omobono, Merza at, at Kingpin, incredibly well-respected people in our industry. You know, they're, they're known for quality, for pride in what they do for the clients. And that meant an awful lot to us because we really did feel like we'd be bringing together best in class. Um, and that's a really important part of this. Of course, yeah. And what's the uh, the long-term strategy here? The reason I ask is because the marketing practice Kingpin and Omobono are obviously very well-established UK agencies. And the UK is a market which already appears to be quite well-served. So from my point of view, certainly, it seems like looking outside of the UK is the bigger opportunity. So why focus here? Yeah, I think I think you're right to a degree. I think I think to answer the, the first question about what you know what's the long term plan, um, it, it very much is to stick to the core principles of the businesses. You know, we'll always be pure B two B. We will always be pretty tech focused as well in terms of the industry we focus on. We'll, we'll play to that specialism, and in particular, we'll always stick to those principles of being focused on growth for our clients, accountability, genuine sales and revenue growth for our clients. Um, what Omen Bono and Kingpin bring is is effectively more scale in terms of not just size, but also capability to achieve those same objectives. So the strategy is very much rooted in, you know, what we have always been about as a business. It's just about having new capability to help deliver on that. And I think your point about the regional pieces, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, the, the the clients that we work for in the B2B tech space, you know, they're all large global clients. They want to scale programs across all of their core markets and therefore we have to be in those markets and we have to have a level of consistent capability to deliver in those markets. So we have invested in the kind of foundations here in the UK um, and that's really good because we also deliver quite a lot of um, international work from the UK. Um, 
On top of that, Ombreno and Kingpin, like TMP, do have an international footprint. So they both have offices in the US. But you're right in saying that looking forward, when we think about how our strategy is is going to be driven in the future, we are going to start to focus a bit more on international growth and, and opportunities in the US and Asia Pacific in particular. Yeah, of course. And this isn't the first merger and acquisition we've seen in the B2B agency landscape. So what do you think is different about this latest M&A? That's a good question. I I kind of, it's the thing I ask myself quite a lot and, you know, I really want to make sure that, I want to make sure that we create a fantastic legacy, not just for our clients, our people, our business, but, but for the industry as well. And, you know, I think what we do has to be meaningful in that regard. I think the things that we bring that are perhaps different from an M&A perspective, I think we're very much going to continue to put client and people to the fore. Um, you know, that is in the DNA of, of each of the three agencies and any future acquisitions we make, it, it will need to be in their DNA as well, that they're really passionate about that. Um, I think that the other bit that's unique is the, is the sense of specialism. So we are not drifting very far at all from what TMP has been about since it was founded in 2001. Um, you know, it's all about specialism, B2B tech, those growth outcomes, and we're going to really stick closely to that as we grow. And I think that is quite unique because I think it is quite easy when you get investment and can start splashing the cash. It's quite easy to get unfocused and think, oh, that's really cool over there. Let's go and invest in uh, this space or that space. And we really want to stay focused on what we know we do well and the value we bring to our clients. And I think the last thing is probably that, um, you know, we're, we're designing this to be one business, not a network. And that, that's a really important part of our principles is we don't want to create an agency network of, of kind of disconnected businesses. We want we want, and we, and we will integrate the capability across the businesses into one offering and one business, which I think is um, really important for our clients. So do you think this investment from Horizon is a, a one-off? Do you think, or do you think there are other venture capital or private equity firms looking to invest in B2B agencies, you know, both in the UK and abroad? And if so, why do you think this is? It's definitely not a one-off. I mean, there's certainly others already invested in the sector and, you know, I'm sure there will be more to come. I mean, even in the last couple of weeks, I think there's been more PE coming into, into B2B, uh, which is which is good to see, actually, because I think PE has a, a shady reputation, shall we say, but I think... Um, when you actually get into the skin of what, what you're trying to achieve with a PE model, it's highly complementary to our industry and to, and to bring investment into the industry in a positive way. I think what's attracting people is that is the, the market is, is maturing really quickly. Um, and there's a sense that <clears throat> early investors can be a part of this kind of professionalizing, maturing of the market, which is naturally going to create returns. Um, I think there's two things that drive that. One is it's a very resilient sector and, and the pandemic has proved that particularly those of us that are in the tech space. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've had a relatively good last two years because B2B tech has continued to grow through the pandemic where other sectors have struggled. So investors really like that, that resilience, but also there's the fragmentation. Um, so the market itself is quite fragmented. There's a lot of different providers and, and um, agencies out there that do different things. And that in a PE world is is a really big opportunity because they recognize that if you can consolidate a little bit and bring capability together, you're going to create value, not just for clients, but from an economic standpoint. Mm. And following on from that, do you think that these acquisitions will be part of a trend generally in the agency market space? Uh, you know, if so, does that mean there's a new agency framework or model that we're going to see over the next few years? 
I think I think so. I think I think there will be a degree of continued consolidation. Um, I think I think the key will be who can do that whilst protecting and enhancing client value, um, which is obviously what our goal is. Um, but it's it's not easy to achieve, and I think I think that'll be the the kind of make or break piece. Um, I think from a model perspective, I, I think the same really. I think when you actually look at the agency models, certainly the ones that I'm familiar with they are a little bit out of date compared to other sectors. And I think there is an opportunity to offer more flexibility, more transparency to clients, be more creative about the commercial and resourcing model that sits behind that. Um, even taking a bit of a lesson from the book of our clients who are, who are often in that SaaS world and it's all about subscription services and models um, that offer that degree of um, simplicity and transparency. Um, so I think there is a way to go in the industry in general to, to innovate around that. And it's something we'd, we'd very much like to do because I think it, it could create more value for clients um, as a result. Mm. And for this next question, it's a little bit of a two-parter. So the first part is, you know, how do you think that clients' requirements and desires have been changing over the last couple of years? And secondly, have these changes influenced your decision to acquire Omobono and Kingpin? And is this something we might start to see from other agencies as well, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, um, I mean, the trend in the last 10 years has been this this kind of gradual shift to greater accountability um, and to, to marketers being measured much more rigorously on genuine outcomes for the business um, and, and and effectively having you know fewer places to hide. And I think, I think that, that has accelerated a lot the last few years and it will continue. And I think how that impacts us and other agencies is you see quite a lot of... Um, similar messaging emerging in the market around uh, growth marketing and um, you know positioning capability as helping to drive growth in the way that in the way that we are as well um, so I think that's that's one element um, I think the other element is is a sort of gradual shifting away from technology investment as a you know for its own sake almost to value realization and that will certainly drive our strategy you know a bit a big piece that we can help clients with is understanding how to maximize the resources and, and the technology they already have um, and how to create value from it in a way that I think has been quite difficult for the last kind of five, 10 years as, as marketing automation has become sort of standard, but not really met the expectations that it was, uh, that it set out on. So I think, I think for agencies, it's, it's definitely going to be that focus on results, sales orientation is that's definitely going to win out. Um, but also that focus on helping clients to realize greater value from their investment. Yeah, sure. And one thing I wanted to discuss was just the, about the challenges in actually bringing together three quite significantly sized agencies. You know, what, what is the biggest challenge there? Is it just a case of culture and people? In some ways it is. I, th I think, um, I think it, you know, it is, I mentioned earlier on about fit being an important qualifier for us and, that gives us a massive leg up because we already recognize that when we start connecting our people and our cultures, there's a level of commonality there. They're never going to be exactly the same, but, um, you know, that, that gives us a really strong foundation. And the other bit that we're doing quite a lot is, is just trying to communicate quite a lot with one another, um, you know, frequently, transparently, um, even if we can't say much right now, because we're not, you know, we're not focused just yet on how we align the businesses because we're still getting to know one another. Um, we are trying to over communicate a little bit. So we've got things like um, a kind of advocates program where there's different people across the agencies connecting 
going to be connecting regularly to learn from one another, you know, connect with peers, um, understand how the other businesses work. So it's very much a kind of light touch relationship piece at this point, which is helping to, to, to bring the cultures together. I think the biggest challenge to, to your original question is pace. So we know we've got to move fast enough in the process to align the businesses to realize client expectations because a lot of our clients are saying this sounds amazing uh you know when can i start to access these new capabilities but we don't want to go too fast that we trip over ourselves by not taking enough time to really understand the culture piece the capability piece ways of working and how we do bring them together effectively so pace is the hardest bit because we're trying to trying to balance the immediate pressures with the fact that we do need time to make sure we get it right and we don't you know we don't set off on the wrong foot sure and what do you think the secret is in making the whole bigger than the sum of the parts so in other words making one plus one plus one equal four and not three i don't know maths was never my strong point i don't think but i think um i think probably you know for me it's all about i've probably overused this phrase over the course of this conversation but it is all about client value it's all about focusing on how do you integrate these capabilities into a single model that brings more value to your clients? Because if we can do that, if we can connect the dots between, you know, what TMP has always done, you know, account-based marketing, demand generation, connect that with the digital and brand expertise of Emma Bono, connect that with the media data digital expertise of Kingpin, we're going to be giving something that clients will find hard to get elsewhere to the level of quality and, and expertise um, that that those businesses have so it's really just by figuring out what is the model that brings those things together to the benefit of the clients and inherently by doing that it will be quite unique um, and, and it will also drive as much closer to this idea of accountability you know results outcomes um, by nature of, of connecting the dots between different different channels and and um strategies and are you going to be offering or seeking to offer different services as a consequence um i, th- I think we'll we'll certainly package them differently um a big a big part of tmp's kind of original story was about you should always respond to a client's challenge or objectives without a service buyer so you know if if you you know when a client has a problem you know maybe they're having a challenge with conversion and demand into sales you know, you don't respond with a ABM solution because you're an ABM organization. You focus on the root cause and you build a strategy from there. And I think um, we'll always be focused on what is the challenge the client is trying to solve and what the acquisitions give us is more potential solutions and answers. So we really can take a step back and look at it and say, well, you might think the challenge is going to be solved by an account-based marketing program, but actually there's a bigger challenge around uh, your data estate or around um, the brand that we need to address. And actually we can, we can now, I think, be that sort of objective in how we, um, in how we talk to clients. So it's more about how we package up the services rather than offering different services. We will still be looking to add more. So in particular in the MarTech marketing operations space where, you know, we do have some capabilities today, but we, we can certainly add more depth to that to be able to help clients maximize value from their MarTech. Um, so that's one of the areas we're going to go to, into in the future, whether it's organic or inorganic. So I think it's fair to say that B2B agencies have been getting better and better at having a strategic voice with their clients. So, you know, in the past, they were they're pretty tactical or executional. 
Does your scale now allow you to speak at this level or is scale nothing to do with the nature of engagement? That's a good question. I, I thought, I think, I think we had, you know, we certainly had a strategic voice before, but I, I would agree with you that these moves and, and, and the acquisitions do help us to grow that. I don't think it's so much about scale. I think it's more about two things really. One is we can now do a better job for clients because of the access to different capability, which will allow us to, as I said earlier on, focus on how we solve the client's challenge. Um, and I think by doing a better job, we will naturally build more credibility and 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 therefore have a more strategic voice with the clients. And the other side of it is, and it was an important factor in the Emma Bono acquisition, because they touch brand far more than than TMP does. Um, they do engage clients' brands team much more brand teams much more often as a result of that they are quite often in more strategic conversations um so i think we have a load of strategic thinking to bring to clients from tmp and from kingpin but but often it's the m bono guys who have the have those kinds of conversations with the clients because of their brand influence so um yeah i agree with you it does does help us get more strategic um but perhaps not because of the scale alone Okay, fantastic. And I've given you some quite, um, some quite big, all-encompassing questions. So, uh, um, well, perhaps it's not as simple as I thought, but just a quick question. Are you going to rebrand? You know, have you made that decision yet? We haven't. And it is, it's a question I get asked a lot by our people. Um, I think just people love the brand bit, don't they? They would love the idea of like going through a rebrand. People, <laughs> people in our industry enjoy that. We're not sure. And, and, and we need to do more research into it to understand the brand equity that we have in the businesses and and therefore um, what direction we should take. And there are arguments both ways. You know, we do have three 20 plus year old businesses that are highly well regarded in the industry and we wouldn't want to lose that brand equity. On the other hand, there is a really exciting bit about creating a new brand and going to market with it and, and um, hitting that refresh button. Um, but, you know, we're going to take some time to figure that out, I think. And it's quite useful that we have some enhanced brand skills in the in the building from the Omopono guys to help us with that um, and, and help, help figure it out. Yeah, so one for the future, perhaps. Um, so we've got a final question then, and I think we'll um, wrap up today's podcast. Um, quite an open question, but what do you think the future of B2B agencies looks like? I mean, I think the first thing to say is it's really bright. I mean, uh, every agency leader I speak to is you know, their biggest challenge is hiring enough people because they're growing, they're growing fast. Um, and I think, I think that's really positive. That's brilliant to see. And, and, you know, it's brilliant for us as an industry. So I think it's really bright. I think, I think that does lead on to the biggest challenge we've got, which is talent. Um, I think we do have a, a bit of a talent crisis in our industry. We've lost some talent during the pandemic, um, going out to do other things, new things. Um, I think, I think agencies in particular are challenged by talent because it's always tempting for agency people to go client side, um, you know, maybe for a bit more money or um, maybe because I think probably, probably not appropriately, it's perceived to be a bit easier than agency side. Um, not sure they say that once they've actually done it, but it is a bit, it is hard for agencies to retain talent in that sense. And it's getting harder because of the, the talent pressures in the market and the wage inflation in the market. So I think what that means is that, in the future, the, the most successful agencies will be the ones that can really nail their talent strategy um, and really make that work for the business and for the industry. Um, and I think the other bits are probably just what we've talked about, you know, that that consolidation piece I mentioned, you know, 
doing that well and effectively is going to be make or break for businesses. Um, you know, I've talked about that a lot in terms of how we're trying to integrate capability. I think we'll do a brilliant job of that and it, and it that, that will be very much make or break. Um, and then I think the, you know, the commercial model, the, the different models that are in the, in the industry, that's the other bit that I think will be, um, will come to the fore as, as agencies try and innovate around the offering to clients and the model for clients. So I think there's plenty as agency leaders for us to focus on. I think we, we all have a bit of an endless list of kind of things we need to do and focus on and develop as strategies. But I think that's a really positive sign because it means we're in a market that is incredibly dynamic and, and, and growing fast. Matt, I think that's a perfect place to leave it. So thank you very much for joining me today. Really appreciate you um, taking the time to join us and, and talk through uh, the acquisitions and, and what this means for the, for the marketplace in general. Um, to our listeners as well, thank you for tuning in as always. Um, if you want to check out any of our other podcasts, please just head to www.b2bmarketing.net slash podcasts. So thank you from me and Matt, thank you. Thanks, David. Cheers. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.